Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word was in the beginning with God. All things came to being through the Word, without whom not one thing came into being. What has come into being is life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to the light so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. The true light which enlightens everyone was coming into the world. And the word became flesh and lived among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. John testified to him and cried out, this was the one of whom I said, the one who comes after me ranks ahead of me because he was before me. From his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. The law indeed was given through Moses. Grace and truth have come through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. It is God, the only Son, who is close to the Father's heart, who has made God known. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Blessed be the Holy Trinity, one God. Amen. Several weeks ago, I was watching an online streaming Christmas concert. It was the Austin, Texas-based choral group Conspirare. And like many such events this year, there were some recently recorded pieces, several virtual choir renditions, and a few things from previous years, a few recordings. The event was simultaneously familiar and a little bit eerie. The conductor, who also sings solos, was positioned in the very same concert hall that the group has sung in for years. The decorations, a bit more sparse than usual, like in our church this year. The evening ended with the exact same two songs that close all of Conspirare's Christmas concerts. Now, their last piece is not what you'd expect at Christmas. It's I could have danced all night from My Fair Lady. Perhaps it suggests the joy of Christmas Eve lasting all night long or dancing with the divine. It's a mashup though, as Ernest and I call it. There are hints of Christmas carols that come in here and there. It wasn't until the end of the concert that it hit me. After, after the final piece concluded, there was no applause. At that moment, with the view of the vast, empty concert hall, it sunk in, and I was overcome and broke down. On this Christmas day, we can't help but call to mind the empty churches 
worship online, though we're so thankful for it. It's not the same as the crowds, the sights, the sounds, the smells, and the singing. We call to mind empty restaurants, empty stages, empty stadiums, the empty schools and colleges and seminaries of these past months, but so much more profound in homes around the world. There are empty chairs at empty tables, which means empty hearts hollowed out by grief or separation or what safety requires of us into a weary world, into a sorrowing world, in, into an empty, desolate world, Christ is born. Now on Christmas Eve, we hear the story from Luke 2. On Christmas Day, we hear the meaning from John 1. The word is made flesh and lives among us. God tents and tabernacles among us, to be more literal. The word makes its home among us. And this year, we hear it differently in our homes. These lofty words of John usually lead me to extol the beauty of human life. Yet John wants us to know that God comes to join us in our frail, mortal flesh and amid the emptiness there is a kind of fullness. Grace upon grace, John calls it. It will take 21 chapters for John to flesh out, pun intended, this mystery. What it looks like, what it tastes like, what it sounds like, what it feels like. This word made flesh is, to John, water of life, bread of life, light of the world, seed in the earth. Good shepherd, door, vine and branches. Maybe it takes emptiness to grasp the fullness of Christmas. Oscar Romero martyred for his prophetic witness in El Salvador several de decades ago wrote, no one can celebrate a genuine Christmas without being truly poor. The self-sufficient, the proud, those who, because they have everything, look down on others. Those who have no need even of God, for them, there will be no Christmas. Only the poor, the hungry, those who need someone to come on their behalf will have that someone. That someone is God, Emmanuel, God with us. Without poverty of spirit, there can be no abundance of God. In an empty kind of Christmas, musicals can raise our spirits. And like everything else, if not in person, why not online? What else is there, right? This week, we watched again the 2012 movie version of La Miserable, now 2020 has been a miserable year for many. And Le Mis means the miserables, but could also mean the wretched poor, the dispossessed, the victims, perhaps even a word from the last decade, the deplorables. In 2020, a surprise pandemic and the death of George Floyd especially have revealed even more the great 
disparities of our day. Now, near the end of the musical, Marius sits alone at a cafe, the only one who survives a brutal battle in the revolution uprising. There is a sense of regret as he grieves the loss of friends and sings, there's a grief that can't be spoken. There's a pain that goes on and on. Empty chairs at empty tables where my friends will meet no more. Oh, my friends, my friends, don't ask me what your sacrifice was for. Empty chairs at empty tables where my friend will sing no more. Now, it can seem like a downer, this musical, then is. But despite the loss and the grief in the musical, there is great beauty and great, great hope. Fullness in the emptiness. And a few awesome lines to remember. To love another person is to see the face of God. Or from the epilogue, even in the darkest night, will the sun rise. Or this one. The word of God has been written on the brow of every person. Incarnation indeed, word made flesh. So many empty things, so many empty hearts, empty pews and empty churches, yet the paradox of faith is perhaps clearer than ever this Christmas day, light shining in the darkness, hope born out of despair, a fullness even in emptiness. Christ, the word made flesh, is born anew, makes a home wherever we reside. For many of us, we've spent hours in our homes these past 10, ten months, more than we can ever remember. If we live with others, we've been bumping into them, if we've been alone, we were wishing there were people to bump into. Think back to your table over this pandemic. Some of you have cooked more than you ever have before. Others have ordered takeout to support struggling restaurants. Whether gourmet creations or leftovers are carried in, whether alone or with a few others, these tables, these tables have been places for us of continuity of nourishment, of spiritual sustenance. So in a strange kind of way, how appropriate on this Christmas morning that we celebrate Eucharist, that we give thanks at these tables in our home. For at these tables, Christ blesses our food, our prayer, our work. Christ blesses our service even when we cannot leave home. And so gathered as a community online, we today bless bread and wine. The word makes holy our flesh, nourishes our bodies, sustains our souls. And as we do at church, we trust that the spirit comes upon these gifts of bread and wine at our table. Emptiness and need, emptiness and need are transformed real presence, we become Christ's body for our needy world, even though we rarely leave our homes. We serve still through practices of generosity and hospitality and service, even if on Zoom or through online giving or tending the little part of the world, our own home, 
entrusted to us. The classic Lutheran table prayer, Come Lord Jesus, takes on a new meaning this Christmas. Because, well, because it feels a little bit like Advent still. And in many ways, to be human is to always know Advent, the stillness of waiting. And yet, at empty chairs and empty tables, Christ comes. To sorrowing empty hearts, Christ comes. Even in a miserable year, Christ is born from his fullness. From his fullness, we have received grace upon grace. This is God's promise. This is our song. This is our hope. Evermore and evermore.